This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Meeting the needs of every student in our math class is not easy. One of the best ways to do that, though, is through open math tasks. So today we're going to talk about tasks like this, and I'm simply going to call them math tasks, but they're sometimes known as open tasks, rich tasks, non-routine tasks, thinking tasks, but we're just going to call them math tasks today. And what I mean when I say math tasks is it's a task that requires high levels of thinking, from our students. And these are not routine, procedure, or memorization tasks, but instead they require students to use what they know and apply it, but not by mimicking or following a set strategy. The problem, in fact, cannot even suggest a strategy. Instead, the task must ask our students to analyze the problem in order to create their own solution pathway. These kinds of tasks typically have more than one right answer. They draw on different skills and concepts that students may know already or may be in the process of developing. It's more than just procedural prior knowledge, okay? You can find out what I mean when I say what makes a good task using the checklist that I created from lots of resources and research, you can find that checklist at monamath.com slash 78. So math differentiation, what does that mean? Let's dive in to talking about how open tasks are great tools for differentiating instruction. But let's first get an honest definition of what differentiation is, because that can really be a buzzword in education. A definition can be fa- that can be found says, tailoring instruction to meet individual needs is differentiation. You can differentiate the content, process, products in the learning environment, right? An ongoing assessment and flexibly grouping are used to successfully support students. So that's kind of the differentiation definition. But what does that really look like in our classrooms? I went through four steps of what that typically looks like in my classroom. But I would love to hear from you on what it looks like in your classroom. So send me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath and tell me what differentiation looks like in your classroom. But here's what it typically looks like in mine. 
Number one, we give an assessment, maybe a pretest, a quiz, a standardized test, and decide who needs extra help or who is below. And then we put those children, those identified children, into small groups and give them a task that we know they can be successful on. And then we show them what to do so that they can then independently do it the next time it comes up in class. We know that they're struggling, so we want to give them that structure of understanding what the question's asking and how to do it. And then we might even, like, while we're at the table, let them work in partners at the table on, like, a few more problems while we work individually with those students that are still struggling. This ideally happens, like, a few times a week for maybe 15 minutes. Does that sound similar to what you do? Send me a DM and let me know what you do for differentiation. But I want to just give a word of caution about differentiating with math tasks. Because we're often hesitant to give students that struggle these open, complex math tasks. We're afraid to give them these complex tasks because we're, we're just worried about them, right? We're worried they might not be able to access the problem, like understand it. We're worried that they might fall farther behind if we don't show them what to do and we give them this open task. We're worried that they'll get unmotivated and that they'll feel inferior. However, the opposite is actually true. When we give students who struggle, quote, baby work or work that's clearly grade levels lower than the students are at right now, students end up missing out on opportunities to learn grade level work and fall behind further. Think about it like this. If we have a student in third grade who's still struggling with three-digit addition, so we only give them two-digit addition, they are missing the opportunity to practice with three-digit numbers and beyond because we are saying you can't, so you have to do this. Students fall further behind, and we know what happens to their confidence and motivation. They feel unmotivated because they can see that their work is different than their peers. And even when I was teaching middle school, I heard kids say, don't give me that baby work again. They know what's going on, right? They feel less than, dumb even, which continues to decay at their evolving math identity. I've worked in Chicago public schools for 15 years, and for almost all of that time, 13 years to be exact, I taught students who struggle. I've witnessed it time and time again with my own eyes that when I give students open math tasks, they can do so much more than I expected. They can do so much more than when I gave them those, quote, differentiated tasks or easier work. And I really think it is because these students have never felt success in doing the hard work. They've always been asked to do things that made no sense to them. So when I choose a learning goal and a task that match where they are, and I let them enter into that problem, possessing whatever knowledge they have, and give them free reign to show it, they can Now, I will say there is anxiety that happens with students when you give them an open task and tell them to solve it any way that they can. Maybe even some tears, to be honest with you. However, after they make it over that hump, the power and confidence they feel 
and show in class is unbelievable. We have to trust our students to bring their experiences, their prior knowledge, and their expertise to the math tasks. That's why I want to talk about math tasks today, because there is an opportunity for our students to access math at their level and learn from their peers. Because using open tasks allows students to explore and use their own math knowledge and understanding. And this is truly an asset approach to student learning. By giving them open tasks, we are saying to students, we believe you have what you need inside of you to solve this problem. It's us looking at our students and seeing what they do know versus what they don't know. An asset approach to student learning means that we focus on where our students are right now, what they can do, and we build on that. So when we give students an opportunity to bring what they do know to a task, they automatically have more confidence and motivation to participate. And on top of all of that, we're building their self-efficacy. So because like the truth is, is that our students have lots of math understanding already. And that this asset approach to student learning, looking at what our students do know and moving from that point with questions and nudges to edge them along in their understanding is the way that we can naturally differentiate. Okay, so you've been listening and you're like, yeah, but how do open math tasks differentiate naturally? If you're on board with giving open math tasks and you want to dive into the how, here we go. This is it. Come back. If you're multitasking, doing the dishes, spacing out, this is what you want to hear. I've got three steps. Okay, four steps really to differentiating for all learners with math tasks. Okay, number one is select an appropriate goal. Number two, choose a task that matches that goal. Number three, spend time understanding how your students might solve and how their learning will progress. The progression is how I like to call that. And then number four is facilitate a discussion that allows all students to learn from one another. Now, I wasn't going to include that one because I'm like, that's a huge action step. But I really think that number four is where it's at with naturally differentiating and being able to get our students over those speed bumps of not knowing what to do or getting stuck in certain strategies and pushing them along that progression. So facilitating a discussion is a huge, huge thing. And if you haven't already downloaded my guide to engaging math discussions, you're going to get well on your way to doing that by downloading that guide. So monamath.com slash discussions, and you can get my guide, my tips for facilitating a great discussion. All right, but let's go back to those first kind of three. Choosing an appropriate learning goal. This has to come from current formative data. So whether it's an observation or an exit ticket you gave last week or a pre-assessment for this current unit, you have to use the data that you have most recently. 
We have to get away from choosing learning goals for our students that struggle and all of our students really based on screeners or standardized tests that we give at the beginning of the year, middle of the year and end of the year. Instead, we need to start using our teacher powers and gathering that information about our students in the moment in our classrooms. You do this all the time. Now's the time to just start using that data to inform what we're going to teach next week. So choosing an appropriate learning goal might not be what your curriculum says to do next, but it's what you know your students need next. Number two is choosing a task that matches the goal. So figuring out where that learning goal lives in the progression will help you choose a task that matches it. Okay, you might need to go back and unpack the standard or look at standards that are above or below grade level to really understand that learning progression. But once you understand that learning progression, you'll be able to see what kinds of tasks you need to get your students from where they are now to where you want them to be. And remember, you can grab that checklist for what makes a good task at monamath.com slash 78. And then the next one is spend time understanding how your students are going to solve and how that is, you know, interwoven into that progression that I was just talking about. So the best way to do this is to anticipate how your students will solve, considering that progression of learning. This is the part that gives you peace of mind, knowing that all your students are going to be all over the place on that progression, right? You're going to have students who are already achieving the grade level standard and they're ready for that next push to go deeper, to explain their reasoning. And then you might have students who are still modeling with manipulatives and counting by ones. You might even have students who don't have access to the problem. They're still working on understanding what the question is asking them. That's okay. Knowing where your students might fall on this progression is going to help you plan. The planning for the math task is a lot of what is going to help you differentiate in the moment. Now, this planning process is not one I alone made up. It's backed by decades of research that you can find in books like Five Practices for Orchestrating Math Discussions, Principles to Action, Taking Action, and more. They're all linked in the show notes. But I just wanted to say that these are research-based things that you should be doing in your planning process. Okay, when we give our students open tasks we will see that students will solve using what they currently have and understand, right? Differentiation means meeting students where they are and accommodating so that they can make it to that next step. So what we do next is really help push them over that edge into growing as a mathematician on that progression. The facilitation of the math task, the math discussion is where it's at. So to facilitate that math task to naturally differentiate, you're going to launch the problem without giving it all away, right? While also assessing where students are. One thing that good math teachers do, good teachers do, is they're constantly gathering information about their student in order to meet their needs. So I believe that that is one of the most important things that you can do when you're differentiating, is just constantly 
assessing where your students are, whether that's informal or formal. Okay, so you launch the problem and then you let students work on the problem independently. A short amount of independent work time here is key. Now, I call this grapple time. You may have heard me talk about it on the podcast before, but this is also a time where we can really start to build some of that uh, math mindset and social emotional skills. All right. And while they're grappling, you're conferring and observing again, thinking about what can I learn about my students right now? What are they doing? How are they solving? Can they explain what they're doing? And you're asking questions to push students over that hump if they're stuck or to help them extend their thinking. And then you're going to facilitate your math discussion where you're choosing two to three students to share their ideas with the class that you know will push others thinking. And this right here is my bread and butter. Being able to facilitate discussions with students honestly changed my teaching of math and really everything else. Listening, asking questions, and steering the thinking toward the learning goal It's an art, and it's something that you can keep getting better at your entire career. And then the process starts over again, right? Because you're going to give them another problem so that they can apply what they just learned in the discussion or through the grappling. And you're going to collect that problem, and then you're going to look at it, and you're going to notice our students moving in their understanding and what they're able to show us. And then you use this information to select your future goals and tasks. And that process starts over again. Now, here's where I just have to mention that this is what I coach teachers to do. How to choose goals and tasks and then facilitate them in the classroom to engage every student. It's naturally differentiated. It gets every student involved. It's student-centered and it's empowering. And what I call, what I've created in my own classroom over the past 10 years is Word Problem Workshop. And you can do this in your classroom too, and I'll show you how. I'll give you all the math tasks that you need for your grade level, and I'll even show you what it looks like in my classroom through some classroom video. You can check out the details, and if you're ready to join us, you can. It's at monamath.com WPW for Word Problem Workshop. When we trust our students enough to hold them all to high expectations, when we believe they have the capability to solve complex math tasks, and when we create a classroom community where students learn together to further their understanding, that is empowered mathematics. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. (laughs) If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.